All right, welcome back to another episode of the Christian Sages. <laughs> wow! This, say hi, Doug. Hi, Doug. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about Jehovah's Witnesses, and we're really just going to talk about Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, we'll probably talk a little bit about how they differ from Christianity, since technically Jehovah's Witnesses are a sect, or at least a cult, that it came out of Christianity. So we're going to kind of talk about what they believe to give you a heads up when, you know, if you're approached by a Jehovah's Witness, they're kind of like snakes. You want to deal with them very carefully. Or, or spam in the real world. Or spam. <laughs> <laughs> we probably have some pretty bad jokes later on involving Jehovah's Witnesses. But for right now, let's get started. Uh, so, Doug, tell me about Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses Jehovah's. are actually, we had talked a little yesterday about it, but um, yeah. I had heard they came, actually branched out of the Millerite group of uh, back in the 19th century, um, who he actually yes. predicted that the uh, world was going to come to an end, or Jesus was going to come back. In like the 1840s or 50s? 1883 originally, I think, and then there was like... Oh, I got you. 80, 74. I forgot how it went. He, de he depicted like four different times, and Jesus didn't come back any of them. Right. And pretty much uh, from a brief summary of it is... Uh, is it George Russell? I should have known that. Uh, it was Charles George Taze Russell. In Charles Taze Russell. He basically said that kind of like all cults, he had extra biblical knowledge. Yeah. Uh, you you have to have that additional authority that you couldn't actually read the Bible and interpret it properly without no. his teachings. Without That's his what teachings. He, yeah. Right. And so, in other words, you can't be saved outside of their uh, special knowledge and teaching. Yeah, there, there's no way to be saved outside of them. He uh, right. is responsible for creating the New World Translation. That that's what he's. He, Which they, they we're translate. not even going to we're not even going to call that a translation <laughs> because it's not a translation. It's just his jotting down his thoughts on the Bible. Which then he was sued by somebody in I want to say sometime in the eighteen hundreds he was sued and uh, they he was sued because a guy well he sued somebody else because a guy accused him of not knowing any any foreign languages or ancient languages, so how could he interpret the, the Bible? So he sued him in court for defamation, and, and when he was brought before the court, they asked him, do you speak Greek? Do you speak ancient Greek? And he said, yes, I do. And so they're like, so if we showed you some ancient Greek letters, you would be able to recognize those letters. And he was like, well, uh, I, well, I might make mistakes, but yes, I can recognize the letters. Really? So they brought out <laughs> a list of all the Greek letters, and he couldn't, he didn't recognize any of them. He couldn't name not even Alpha and Omega. Like he didn't know any of them, so he had to admit that he didn't actually know any ancient languages. So his whole translation is based on the idea that he supposedly was able to translate Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic, but he couldn't speak any of it. At that point, you really have to call a pull a Joseph Smith and say, "Well, an angel showed me these golden plates that were in Coptic <laughs> Egyptian." And and that's how I interpret it. Where are these plates? I buried them, you know, in in a grave somewhere or something. They're up in upstate New York. 
you got to have a better story than that. Yes. But I'm a little disappointed with Russell. But I mean, the thing is, when he could have come that, up with something better. I mean, even L. Ron Hubbard, who was a science fiction writer, said it was aliens. I mean, come right. on, he could have come up with something better than. Well, and two, you got to really they're being brainwashed. It's really the cults yeah. produce this this mind control. Kind of like Big Brother in 1984, George yes. Orwell. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, and so it has to be mind control. It's deception because anybody with, you know, any reason or logic at all, you would say, well, why are all the verses that y'all change in this translation have to do with the deity of Christ? You, you, you're making it, fitting it into your box, and you're translating things in the way that no Greek scholar has translated these verses right. ever and, in the history of in the history right. of the church so. they're going against all other scholars who tell you that's not what the translation says but it, it if it doesn't say what they're saying it says then it goes against your doctrine so you've got Would to it? find a way to make the translation say what you want it to say and so they just inserted things like the uh, the word jehovah um which is actually translated yahweh and and not jehovah since there was no j in hebrew and i don't think there still is a j in hebrew um, and so they inserted it in, the, for instance, no time in the New Testament is the term Jehovah used. Yet it's been in, in, in the New World Translation, it's been inserted like 300 times into the New Testament. I know I'm right. probably exaggerating, but they just inserted it, or they would change where it would say Jesus or God, and they would just change it to Jehovah. And um, But that's not what the translation actually says, because that word is not used in the New Testament. It's not technically right. really used the way it is used in the Old Testament, but not the way that they're saying it's used. Well, it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's not uh, proper name of God. I think it, you you can actually trace the history of it back yeah. to the Middle Ages, where it yeah. was um, transliterated from Latin. That's right. Yeah, that's and, yeah. you know, and so, um, but you know, it I, was a Germanization or Latinization of Yahweh. Right. And, and I really don't get caught up with with them on that, mm -hmm. you know. Like if you ever talk to Jehovah's Witness, the, the point is, I think, is you go into it as they are people who are deceived and they need the gospel. They need to to uh, they need to know the truth. You need to win a soul, not an argument. That's you know, when you're dealing with them. Now the thing is, though, we can't go in expecting it to be always be peaceful because that's sort of the stigma of the cross yeah is it's going to cost you something and sometimes you're going to be just like jesus and the disciples and and christians throughout history you're going to be misunderstood misrepresented you're going to be your words are going to be twisted and the whole thing is you can't get let that get to you when you're talking to them you know well, well they're not allowed now just to give an, a bit more of the history on jehovah's witness um ellen g white who was the creator of the Seventh-day Adventist movement. <laughs> Doug is laughing because we're, <laughs> we're going to talk about... She, now, she ran into a tree and couldn't see, and then her father hit her on the head with, like, a bat or something, right? And then she could no, see again. No, she was struck in the face at the age of nine, by, <laughs> but with a rock from another student and was left disfigured. And she was apparently, like, in a coma for a while. So the blow to her head... Caused her to have visions. It also gave her seizures. <laughs> but it caused her to have visions and allowed her to speak to Jesus. So she could see the future and speak to Jesus from this 
from, from the strike to the face, <laughs> which I'm now going to try. Because if I'm a Doug, I want you to have vision. So I'm going to hit you in the face next time I see you with a big rock. And we'll see. Oh, if I... So she created the Seven Day Adventist movement, which came out of her prophecies. And she believed that Jesus was going to return in 1844. Of course, he didn't. Um, and she would. And this is where I think I kind of find this a little bit interesting because we in the charismatic movement this kind of a like you we've done this just to be honest she would shout glory three times and fall to the floor with her eyes open obviously if there was nobody there to catch her she would smack herself pretty hard but she would in essence be slain in the spirit which i kind of found pretty funny because in essence it's a lot of it's almost like a, a mirroring of some things that can be true so she would remain she would remain blind for days after her trances until eventually she'd be able to see again because they'd hit her with another rock. Under their theology, <laughs> <laughs> Satan takes the place of Jesus by taking all sin onto himself when he is thrown into hell. And Charles Russell believed this. So Charles Russell's movement, even though they stemmed the, the, the JWs, um, came out of the Millerite movement the same way the Seventh-day Adventists came out of, he actually, the, J, the Jehovah's Witnesses, actually came out of the Seventh-day Adventists movement it wasn't they since they all kind of came out of the millerites but they really came out of the seven the seven day venice that's where he got a lot of his doctrines and the j-dubs believe the same thing they believe that that satan will take sin and be thrown into hell i, I mean at least from what i gathered that's like kind of where I, the, I think they even the think he'll, yeah i think they think he will be annihilated as well because they they don't believe in hell. I think they even think Satan will yeah, be Yeah, no, that's true. They do believe that Satan's going to be an island. But the seven-day Adventists believe in hell, and they believe that Satan, oh, at, okay. the, at the end, he's going to take all. So I think uh, the, the, the J-dubs have a version of this where he is annihilated with all the sin. But right. what I found fascinating, because we had talked about this, 90%, 99% of all cults that separate from Christianity stem from three. They have three distinctive problems that you can find in almost every single one of them. One, they don't believe in hell, which is one of the problems that uh, Russell had, was that he didn't believe that Jesus, that God would send people to hell, that that's just a horrible thing to do, so that he didn't really believe in that. So he had to find another way around that, which is where they came from, that annihilation idea that, well, you don't go to hell, you just cease to exist. But that's one, people have a problem with hell, and they have a problem with grace another, uh, instead of works. So they go back to works, Instead of grace, right. or grace is not enough and it still requires work, and they have a problem with the Trinity. So you see that in almost all cults, because on some level, Islam came out of Christianity or Judaism to some degree, more like Judaism. But there's this view that there is only one God, and so the Trinity doesn't exist. There is no Trinity, or the Trinity isn't enough, and they create a pantheon of gods. But generally, you see three problems that people have when they start cults. And one of his major problems was that he didn't believe in hell. Yeah. Which yeah. I find fascinating. Well, when they, um, when, when you really dig down to what uh, I think the root of all cults are is, is the demotion of Christ. Absolutely. As, Absolutely. As, as not full deity. And, you know, that's, that's the whole thing with, you know, um, also when you look at Christ and his, his, his the revelation and his accomplished in work, and when you read Hebrews one through four, and you see that 
you know, which is why you shouldn't trust a vision after you get hit in the head with a rock. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's one of the lessons, like good advice for yeah. today. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, in the Trinity, they, they get a kick out of, uh, twisting that, um, Right. Really, all cults do, well, and, and they say, "Well, it's three gods in one, but it's really, you know, it's three persons, all the same substance, co-equal, co-eternal, co-existent." And Scripture, right, strongly shows this throughout, um, you know, because they'll always say things like, "Well, you don't see the Trinity right. in the Bible," and it's like in the whole whole Bible, you certainly do. Well, they don't believe one of the main foundational beliefs of J Dubs, Jehovah's Witnesses, is that they do not believe that the Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. They do believe in a Holy Spirit um, as kind of like an unseen, just kind of like a, 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 a non-personable force. So they right. replace, if you were to say the Holy Spirit, they would replace it with a, they replace the does with a, a Holy Spirit, because to them, the Holy Spirit has no personality. It's not part of the Godhead. It is just a presence that God uses on the earth, a supernatural force, if you would, that has no substance to it other, you know, no will of its own. And they don't, and right. they take away the deity of Christ. So, because Christ, well, again, according to them, is the angel Michael. Right. And again, you see what happens when you don't read the scriptures or when you uh, don't read them closely, I guess, because in, in throughout the scriptures, God is referred to as Yahweh, the Father, the Son is referred to as Yahweh, and so is the Holy Spirit. Not only that, the Holy Spirit raise Christ from the dead. Jesus said, I will raise myself from the dead. I will raise this temple. And then it says, God the Father raised him from the right. dead. And so you see this interplay going throughout all of Scripture. And then you also right. see that the Holy Spirit is a person. He is, uh, he has a will. He has a mind. He has, he, you can grieve the Holy Spirit. He is sent by Jesus to comfort and to bear witness. And so, if, if you don't read carefully, right. you know, it, 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 and and what they can do is is twist you up on, on these things, um, right? You know, but but clearly there there is a there is a consciousness to the Holy Spirit, and and there is a a relationship uh, that right. we have. Well, they don't again. They take that away because <laughs> that's why you can't really call Jehovah's Witnesses Christianity of any way, shape, or form, because no. they take away the divinity of Christ. So therefore. And and they even one yeah, of the yeah that's core, the right that's the cornerstone of the faith it is know, it's the cornerstone right of Christianity that you must believe that he was born of a virgin that he died on a cross and that he rose again for your sins and so they one of their core belief systems is is that sel that Jesus is not enough there is no salvation in Jesus alone that's one of the core beliefs that you can't have salvation through Jesus alone right. so that makes them no longer Christian. Because right. even though, for one, you know, even if they believe that Jesus existed, they don't believe that salvation comes through Jesus Christ, and that is a core denomin That's a core doctrinal belief of Christianity, and you can't have Christianity without that. But they don't have that. They they don't believe. Well, that's that's something too doctrinally. That's why you often people say, "Well, you'll know them by their fruits." And what's really wrong with Mormons? What's wrong with J Dubs? They're out there doing good things, um, and the the truth is. You can be absolutely moral, you can be completely moral, and yet opposed completely with your face set against Jesus Christ. That's right. And, and when, when in Matthew 17, where he says false prophets will come, and they'll say, you know, Lord, Lord, did we not 
prophesied. They're they're not saying we were out there um, in and out of prison and doing right. terrible things. They say we were prophesying, casting out demons, and so forth. And he says, depart from me. In another part, it says, you'll know the tree by its fruit. And he's talking about the tongue. So doctrine right. is very, very important. And in Second Corinthians, uh, Paul, I think it's 11, Paul talks about false Christ will come up, false Christ will rise up. In Galatians, he talks about the false gospel yeah. of works, Christ and works. They're not throwing everything out, but they're teaching morality. They're teaching, we believe in Christ, too, and, and look at our works to prove it. Um, but, no, it's all about your doctrine that is clearly expressed in the Bible. Well, they believe in two-witness rule, which states that the Bible cannot be translated by itself, that it must be translated with, alongside of the Watchtower documents or magazine really comfort leaflet so you can't interpret the bible without the watchtower documents so you, it's actually considered a sin in j-dub religion to read the bible by itself you're not allowed to and you are not allowed to do any kind of research to, to it, like say right. you read something in the watchtower uh, magazine that you don't agree with you're not allowed to research it because it's illegal it's a sin to do any other kind of research outside of the watchtower documents so let's say you're like well you know what i'm really not sure that's what the bible says let me go read the bible for myself well you can go read the bible but only if you have that watchtower document with you and if the bible disagrees with that watchtower document then you you have to go with the watchtower document you're, right. you're absolutely not allowed to and so you will not be able to go to heaven of course you're not going to go to heaven unless you're one of the 144,000 anyway. Which in my, in itself, when you really think about this, let, let's you know, let's go back. They believe again that at some point in time Jesus was going to return. I think one of the things was 1774. He didn't, and they said 18 whatever, and they kept pushing it back and back till eventually what they said was he did return, but only in the spirit. Right. So he returned in like 1774, and then they said that in 1914 the world was going to end. Well, World War One happened around that time. So they're like, see, World War One, the world's going to end, but the world didn't end. So their whole idea was that technically Jesus came back and he's been reigning ever since in the spirit. Now, only these 144,000 people who are called the anointed class, because in Jehovah's Witnesses, there are three types of people, three classes of people. There's the anointed class, which is only 144,000 people. They will go to heaven in a spiritual resurrection. Incidentally, um, that can only be 144,000 from Pentecost till now. And from what I understand, they, st uh, they believe that in 1935, God stopped calling people into the anointed class. So the 144,000 already exists. So no matter how hard you try, right from if you were not born before 1935 you are not going to be in the anointed class, which means that you will not get to go to heaven because only of those 144,000 people can go to heaven in the spiritual resurrection when Jesus comes back. But they can see the spiritual Jesus that returned. So when he returned to the apostles and it says that he physically saw them, that was because they were part of the anointed class. So they could see him, but nobody else could. Now the second class is called the Great Crowd, which is 99% of all of all Jehovah's Witnesses, that and they will reign on a in on Earth in a Paradise Earth through an earthly resurrection, which is less than the spiritual resurrection that the 144,000 people get, and then right. the rest of us are the unsaved. Now we 
the unsaved, in other words, people who are not Jehovah's Witnesses, will cease to exist when the world ends and is re and restored. Now, they do not believe in a physical resurrection the way that we believe in a physical resurrection. What right. they believe is that when you die, you cease to exist. And that God, through his memory, when he, when, when he resurrects you, he remakes you the old the person that you were from memory because the person you were ceases to exist right when you die so to be resurrected now if you are part of the 144,000 well then you spiritually get remade in heaven with god the rest of the us get get physically remade and almost like which to me it's, it's kind of, okay it could be very it could be almost alien and scientific if you will in other words god is going to create use the dna from his store computer storage to remake a copy of you that will then live for eternity on earth or spiritually in heaven or you would just simply cease to exist and that's the basic that's their basic right. classification they don't right. believe in blood transfusions because of leviticus seventeen fourteen, where it said that you're not supposed to eat blood they take that if you have a blood transfusion it's the same thing as eating blood they believe that there is only one religion and that's them which to their defense, almost every religion believes that. Christianity believes that Christians are the only ones, and Islam believes that Islam is the only one, and so on and so forth. They believe that the New World Translation is the only translation. Uh, of course, the Bible says in Proverbs 35 through 6 that you're not supposed to add anything to the word. You know, and there's other scriptures where it says don't add anything or take it away or you're going to be cursed. They, uh, they believe that Jesus was the archangel Michael. That he was the first being ever created, and they use this. They use the scripture where they said that Jesus was the firstborn, uh, that he was the first created. Literally, right. we know that he was not the firstborn because Adam was the first created man. But he believes that he was the first being ever created, and that through Michael the world was created, not through him. That literally, God just created Michael, and then kind of stepped back, and Michael created. Michael did all the rest of the work, and that right. that Michael ceased to exist when he was born to the world as Jesus. But that Jesus, it is not that, there is no spiritual being for, for Jesus. There's only Michael. And that when he died and ceased to exist, that Michael returned to heaven. So what we're seeing yeah, is Michael, and, not Jesus, because Jesus and ceased they have, to exist. Right, and they have said that some theories that they've had as to where the body of Jesus went, one theory said he like evaporated into yes. gas. Yes. And then another theory said that God put him somewhere in the cosmos as like a monument. Yeah. To, you know, it's he, like he disintegrated is another one. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's just weird. But they believe that all governments are institutes of Satan. They are not allowed to vote. They are not allowed to sing any anthems. They are not allowed to salute any flags. They are not allowed to hold military service or police or any or hold any office that pertains to any form of government. Again, you well, can see cult written all over this. Right. I mean, that's what cults do. They they restrict every every single thing you can do and control your life. Um, exactly. You know, not just not just with moral things, but well, they 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 there you go. They've turned the whole issue of having a flag into a moral thing. You know, regardless of what Romans 13 says about governments and regardless of what even the early church fathers believed and that they were accused of being non-patriotic because they did not hold Caesar as 
God right. and so forth. Right. But they would, but they would even. There are statements made from the early church fathers that said, "We pray for Caesar. We pray yeah. for him." Even though they were being persecuted, they said, yeah. "We we hold him in very high regard, second to God." but we're not putting him in the place of God. That's right. And Jesus yeah. said, you know, God, or Paul talked about how God, uh, Jesus said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God. But uh, Paul said that God established the leadership of the world. God established uh, the rulers to bring justice and to take care of the people. And that, he said that during a time when Nero ruled. So even he understood that, that you know, it's not about yes. Obviously, if a government tells us to do things that are against God, we're not going to do it. But yeah, exactly. But you know, they are not allowed. You are not allowed to hold to any government because nothing can be higher than their belief system. So you're not allowed to even like, oh, I'm an American, but you're not allowed to probably to even be an American. You are a Jehovah's Witness. You may live in America, but you don't hold any allegiance to America because the you're not worst allowed thing. To. Clearly, the worst thing that they have done, though, is gotten rid of birthdays. Yes, that's because pretty bad. Because if, if you're going to make up a religion, you throw out the birthdays, I mean, come on. It's like... Oh, I agree. They throw, they throw out all holidays. There are no holidays. Every holiday that is created is a pagan holiday, unless they create it. I'm sure they have holidays they've created. But You should take that to court as, like, child abuse. You <laughs> probably could. But you know what? It, 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 it's something where sometimes you get angry about certain things. Right. Um, for example, people worshiping with freedom and um, the blessings that we have in this nation that are re- neglected. Sometimes right. it makes you angry what certain people do. But at the same time, um, at the same time, uh, if that's what their religion says, then you know, go ahead. Knock yourself out. Well, I mean, what yeah. I find fascinating—it's almost like double speak too, because they believe that Jesus, yeah, exactly. the man, ceased to exist, and he no longer exists upon his death, and was resurrected as the angel Mike Angel, who exists only in the spiritual. But then they also believe that Jesus came back. Well, here's you know what the saying? problem because with they what they've him. done. Hold on, but right. they see him. But then they're like, "Well, God recreated a copy of Jesus from memory." But yet, he's only spiritual now, but yet that Jesus ceased to exist, so technically what you're seeing is Michael. But they're talking about Jesus coming back as a spiritual God-like being. But yet, that Jesus ceased to exist. See, there's it makes no sense. It's like they're double-talking themselves. You know what I'm saying? Just to keep enough Christianity to kind of be deceptive. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, their whole hang-up really is that they have made the role. They have made God so so much like man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, they, they have made him so much. Because even the use of the the terminology, I guess, Father and Son. Um, sometimes when we say the Eternal Son of God, what we're not saying is that Jesus was begotten in the way that a son and a father. These are functional roles. Right. They're a relational role. They're not biological. Right. And so the son had pre-existence before the incarnation, not as a, a mere thought or a plan, you know, but, but, you know, because right. that would make him like us. But he existed, um, and he was never called the son, actually. Right. He's the word. He was the Logos, the second person of the Trinity. That's right. He and when word, he became yeah. flesh, when he took on flesh, that's yeah, when we one. see Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And I think that's what really 
twist a lot of their thinking up because they don't think of God, even with how they say the yeah. body doesn't have a spirit. And it's like, well, That's right. yeah. God is spirit. We're created in his image. Therefore, there must be some sort of spiritual nature imparted to man there. Right. Exactly. So, but, but according to them, there is no spirit because we, I mean, they will, the 144,000 will be reborn in spirit. But the rest of us are just going to go back to being either non-existent or going back to just being physical. And that all goes back to when you start, when, when you leave the Bible as the authority, as the final revelation. When you leave that, then you can get into really weird and odd things. Well, that's and, what happens when you mistranslate it, too, because they use, they, they use the term torture stake instead of cross. They don't like the cross right. because they mistranslated the word tr cross to mean torture stake. And so they don't actually, so they replace cross with torture stake in the, in their translation of the Bible. Because that's historical. I oh, know it, it's, it doesn't make <laughs> any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, makes it sound like Jesus was a vampire for one, like, Oh, they staked him. The Turkish, yeah. It took a, was it silver or uh, stake? I don't it, well, you know, what's a vampire, you stake him in the heart. Yeah, some va What's... some vampires can be killed with silver, depending on the legends. Some, you know, they get killed in light. But anyway, you know, I wish we could get into break into this like Watchtower place. You know, however you get a job there, I don't know. But it's we all, should. Oh, we like, don't, it's all volunteer. They have well, we could, like 15. we could volunteer Jay, and you could throw <laughs> in some vampire theology in there. We could. We could. Well, that's another thing that uh, one one guy I was listening to said that he they they take like what other Christian apologists say and other people say and they'll add it to they they plagiarize it, add it to the Watchtower, and then at the end change it to fit their their narrative. And he was he was reading an article and then he saw in the Watchtower the same article plagiarized, only being like we wrote this uh, with it where it's talking about the things of God just enough to where you're like oh that makes sense and then at the very end they twist it to fit their narrative. And they do that on purpose to try and get you in, to get people I, in and say, well, see, we're not that far off of what you're telling us. But it's right. all really just it's just smoke and mirrors. And here's here's the thing when you take the whole counsel of God, like we said, um, the, the scriptures reveal the identity of Christ. Even let's say you go back to Isaiah 7, 14, Emmanuel will come. Uh, Isaiah 9, 6 uh, is one of the most powerful uh, verses that point to Christ as he would be wonderful counsel and mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Micah 5.2 says that his voice, it points to the place of his birth, and it also says that he will be everlasting, which points to his deity. Right. And then, so you take the whole of Scripture, and before we even get to the New Testament, we see that there is going to be something special. Yeah. There, there's going to be a Redeemer who comes now in light of That's the right. New Testament. We can yes. look at it and we can say, wow, he, God with us, God in the flesh, God Absolutely. came. That's 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 a mystery. Even uh, Paul in Colossians says to the Gnostics, "Hey, hey, you got almost like a stab at the Gnostics." Actually, he's like, "Hey, you want a mystery? Christ in you, the hope of glory." That's right. That's a you know that's a mystery. And then also going back to uh, seeing the deity of Christ is that we read in the beginning was or in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and then clearly Paul says that. God, Jesus Christ, That's right. created all things. And so it's very clear. There's no confusion there. Right. 
as much as they want to throw it at confusion. No, no, there isn't. And, and there's so many scriptures saying that Jesus is God. I mean, just the sense that he is referred to as Emmanuel, who God right. with us. You know, and which interpreted means God with us. And he says it twice in the New Testament and the Old Testament. And uh, they, they don't believe that Jesus is enough and that grace is not enough, that you have to be saved through your works. Well, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one may boast. So in other words, you can't say, I mean, that's absolutely evident right there. You cannot go and say, oh, that's not really what that says. That's exactly what he even goes to a point right. to say. It can't be works because then you can boast about it. This is all through grace. And again, we talk again. Let's, you know, let's talk about cults because the reality of it is, is that most people have a problem with Christianity because they don't want to believe in accountability. So you're not going to tell me how I can live my life, which obviously if you're going into something like a Jehovah's Witness cult, that's not your issue because they're telling you exactly how you have to live all the time and you can't live or have any other thought in your head other than what they tell you. Or it comes down to works. People have a hard time believing that it's by grace. They cannot accept that because that takes the standards that we set up as men away. So, for instance, right. sin, all sin, the, 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 the penalty the Bible says for all sin is death. There is no penalty other than death for sin. But we like to say, well, that doesn't make any sense because obviously there are sins that are worse than others. If I, if I lie how, and, and I don't really hurt anybody, how is that as bad as murdering somebody or being a pedophile or being a, a, a serial killer? Those are horrible things. And so therefore, God, there, there's got to be a, a, stronger, a stronger penalty for that than for my simple lie. But the Bible says it's all the same. It all comes from the same place. It all comes from that sin nature that came at the fall. It is all abhorrent to God. And so the penalty for all of it is death. But we, don't, we can't accept that. So if right. I were to say to you that since the penalty for all sin is death, then there's only one way for you not to have to face that penalty, and that's grace. You can't exactly. earn it. You can't get really good enough. But it's easier for us because then it takes it out of God's hands, which really is the initial sin, which man said, I want to be like God, knowing what is right and wrong. It's not about just knowledge. It was the People are like, oh, it's the tree of knowledge. God didn't want you to know anything. No, God, didn't want, God wanted you to understand that you were not capable of, of the knowledge of good and evil. In other words, determining what was right and wrong. You were not capable of that. And we prove that when we go and we level things. Because God's saying, this is wrong. This is all wrong. It is all evil. And we're like, yeah, but God, that doesn't make any sense to me. Because this is clearly worse than this. And God's like, it's all the same. It's all sin. And we don't look at it that way. So when people, t when you tell people that you're saved by grace, they can't accept that. They can't right. accept that grace because then, well, you're telling me that if the pedophile in prison gets saved, he's going to go to heaven. And this person over here, which I hear all the time, is a homosexual. And they're great people who are nice and they never hurt anybody and they're going to go to hell. Well, yeah. Oh, well, that doesn't make any sense to me. That's not fair. Well, sin is sin. It's all sin. And if we've all fallen short of the glory of God, then we've all sinned. Whether it be homosexuality, right. whether it be lying, whether it be uh, disobeying your parents, we have all sinned. That's what the law came. That's why you can't be saved through, 
through through fulfilling the law because you will never fulfill the law. That was what Paul was saying to us. He's like, listen, and, I'm not saying throw out the law. The law is of God. It showed us what sin was. I'm just saying that you will break one part of it, and breaking just one small part of it is the same penalty as breaking all of it. What were you yeah, saying? and that's that's really what the cults get at. They're, they're yeah. works-based religion. Exactly. And that's why they attack the deity and the work of Christ. That's right. Because then because, it because puts the, it back once in you their attack hands. the work of Christ, once you attack the work of Christ, that's that's what saves us. That's right. His work, his that's righteousness, right. his uh, sacrifice, the all sufficient and the reason yes. Christ had to be both fully human and fully God is because man, human sinned against a holy right. infinite eternal God. That's right. And so that's why uh, that's why bulls and goats would not Satisfied. would not do. That's right. And so that's what they all get at is the sufficiency well, of Christ. And, and Therefore, you have to right. add in works. Once you attack the work of Christ, you have to add in works. That's right. Because if G- and if Jesus is not God, then the sacrifice wasn't good enough. If he was just a man, the sacrifice wouldn't be good enough. But God himself paid the price. Well, that was acceptable this. by law. But if right. you, so if you grace, take that away, then it puts it back in the realm of your works, what you have to do then. And, right. Think of grace like this, like your grandfather gives you a gift and it, he gives you a large sum of money. Let's just say that. And you received this gift. OK, that's pretty much how we receive salvation It's by faith alone. It is a gift of God. And so when your grandfather gives you this gift, you say, Either you reject it, you say, no, I don't want it, I can't accept this gift because I'm unworthy of it. And he says, well, I want to give it to you because I love you. Well, guess what? I'll pay it back. I'll work real hard. We'll set up a payment plan. I'll pay this back eventually. And he says, no, it's a gift. You're you're making it something that it's not. It's a gift. And that's sort of like grace. Once you start adding it. That makes good sense. I like that. That makes really good sense. Right, and once you start adding anything to it, it's no longer a gift. It's just a loan, or it's it's just, and that is not what it is. And we're going to let God define what salvation is. We're going to let God define yeah. what salvation, how salvation is accomplished, and that's something that, again, the cults do not do. And we can even slip into legalism sometimes, um, and that's why we have to watch well, ourselves because it becomes about us. It becomes self righteous that I've earned it, and that's hard for us to let go of. Oh, well, I went to church my whole life, so therefore I've earned the right to go to heaven, and you're a pedophile and a murderer, and you get saved on, uh, at, at, at the very end, and now you get to go to heaven? That doesn't make sense to us, because it's a gift, it's grace, but we don't see it that way. For us, we, and we, we like to say that I am holy, and I've earned it, and Jesus... Jesus, that's really what the parable is uh, of the great of the vineyard, I think, where the guy comes in the morning and it's like, I'm going to work for such and such a wage. And then throughout the day, different people come, and at the end of the day, they all receive the same wage. And the one that was there the longest said, well, that's not fair because we were here all day, and yet they're getting the same pay as me. And he's like, but isn't that what I, we agreed upon? And, and what right are you? Why, why are you angry at me for being, ju- being good to this person? Who, who, yes, he didn't work as hard as you, but I feel like blessing him because, but you agreed to work for this kind of money. Well, salvation is, that's exactly what salvation is. You don't mm-hmm. have a right to say that. You don't have a right to look at God and say, well, you can't forgive him, you know, because I've worked really hard. Well, it's not about how hard you've worked. 
That's right. why it's by grace. Or then we would have what a lot of religions have, these classes and these levels of saved, which is what Jehovah's Witnesses have, which is what a lot of even Christian sects have kind of fallen into at times, is these levels of saved. Well, you are holier than so-and-so. Well, what makes you holier? Oh, well, because you've done all of these works. We have the saints that have done all of these works, and they've done these great works, and they're holier than you are. Well, why are they holier than me if it's about grace? See, it takes it away from that. Nobody can stand before God and say, I, I have earned the right to be here because it's always by grace. That, that and, no matter what you do, it will never be enough to earn it. And so well, that takes that out of with, my hands and takes it away from this idea that there are some of us that are better than others. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, and that's that, that's really what separates Christianity from other religions. Absolutely. Is that other religions say, you know, you got to work your way. Uh, go back to the Romans and think of their lustful gods and think right. of their, you know, and think of... Uh, Islam. Think about how you have to work, how you have to live in fear. And that's where Christianity comes in and says, there is no, you know, that Jesus is the ladder. That's another fulfillment. He's the ladder to heaven. Um, And really, when you look at, I think that people, because we are merit based, like we want to, we want to earn something, especially in America. We're very, very merit based. Again, it's, oriented. it's easy. And if it's you don't understand, though, your total depravity, that's right. And that's something that the Bible clearly teaches. If you don't think sin's that bad, then you're not going to get salvation. You're not going to understand salvation because right. sin's really not that bad. What I did against God is really not that bad. Right. And therefore, I got this little splinter. But the guy over there, he, you know, the guy over there that struggles with this or that, he really needs Jesus. But I just have a little splinter. And I just need a little bit of help. Well, that's what Jesus is saying. Take the plank out of your own eye instead of you try to take the speck out of your brother's. He just puts it all back into your hands, and then it justifies self-righteousness. It justifies you saying, well, I've earned the right to be here, and you haven't. And when you stand before God, you are humbled. I don't care who you are. There's no way that you'll ever be able to stand before God with a haughty attitude that says, I have a right to be here. The last being that did that was Satan, and he was thrown out of heaven. Exactly. You know, which they believe that hell is a doctrine of Satan, that Satan created hell, <laughs> that he created well, the you idea know, of hell. That's you know, that's, that's, you hit the nail on the head. When you stand before God, I think that, you know, you got uh, Calvinists and Arminians debating about salvation, whose choice or this right. or that, or bondage of the will, um, you know, and, and, whether or not you agree with me that we are blind and dead in our sins and trespasses until God works in us, in our hearts, uh, you you think it was all your choice and your faith. Well, at at the end of the day, we're going to stand before God, and I pray you're saved. You know, I, yeah. I, I think we, we can disagree on those things, but then we're going to stand before God, and I'm pretty sure we're all going to say, there's nothing I did that was good apart from you. That's right. There's nothing that, no choice that I made because you are the light. Your word is a path. That's right. Your, it, you, everything we have done that is good at all is because God, because of the Holy Spirit, That's because right. he had grace on us and mercy on us. And we're, gonna, we're not going to be able to say, I did it. It was my faith. It was my choice. Right. It was my right. decision. It, we're going to say, man, you did everything from right. start to finish. And that's, uh, that's the way it is. That's the way it's been. It was it was that need for us to do it and have control that caused us to fall to begin with. 
I right. mean, it's, it's so great. Anyway, now they have now getting to their works because every 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 religion has their own work system. They have four requirements for salvation. One, you must take in knowledge of God and Jesus Christ, which is only their doctrine. In other words, you must you must be indoctrinated by the Watchtower magazine, which changes daily. So you got plenty yeah. of knowledge to take in since it changes pretty much every day. Um, and that's one of the things, too. That's one of the things, too. Think about grace. Think about God. Yeah. And he's always the same. That's something that's that is so amazing, foundational. Because when you call on him, when he's the same, when you call on him, he answers you. And then he'll call, you call on him today, he'll answer you. That's true. When you call on him on your deathbed, he will answer you. When your son's... That's true. And when your your grandkids and your great kids, when they call on him, he will answer because he's always the same. That's right. And that's something that is 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 different. Like you said, the Watchtower, they're always changing. Uh, I, I heard this one thing, speaking of how they change uh, and control people. They control their emotions. They're big on that. Yes. And one ex-Jehovah's Witness said that uh, there was a guy who struggled with alcohol. And when they found out, he you know he, he lost his job. His family left him. The church wouldn't help him, so he went down to a Christian uh, church, and uh, they had like an AA-type group. Right. They helped him. Well, he, a year later, he got his family back. He hadn't had a touch of alcohol, and uh, he stood up in front of the church, and they wouldn't allow him to uh, allow the church to clap when they said, you know, this is his testimony, and he's been brought back, and— He's he's back on the right path and so forth. Has his family back. Has a job. Right. They wouldn't allow him to clap. And then a little bit later, the church decided, or the Watchtower, I guess, decided that it was okay to clap for people um, after they shared their testimony. And the, some of the witnesses were like, "Wow, isn't this great that we can now clap?" It's like, man, that is total ridiculous it's control crazy, isn't of people's it? emotions. It's crazy. <laughs> it is. All right, number two, you have to obey God's laws, which are whatever they say they are. Three, and, and again, that changes depending on the, the week that you're reading the Watchtower magazine. Uh, three, you must be a Jehovah's Witness, which every religion to some degree has that basic. You have to be their religion. Four, you must have loyalty and be an active member. What that means is you must sell or give out their material or be involved or, or be an active publisher. Right. In other words, actually publishing their material. And this this is determined not by how many converts, like um, I think Mormons are based on converts. We'll go over that later. It's about how many hours that you are spent doing this. That's how it's measured. So it's like punching a time clock. So if you are somebody who I put in like 15 hours a day for my entire life publishing material and handing it out to people, well, then you've done this incredible work and you are – going to get to go to well you're not going to get to go to heaven because you're not one of the 104,000 but you're going to get to be you know rain on this earth after everybody else is annihilated like that's exactly what they're talking about like punching a time card like I stayed after and worked overtime when you went home and so therefore I'm better than you that's exactly what it comes down to it's all Sounds about like a their fair works. Deal. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, they believe that they are the true prophets even though every single one of their prophecies have been proven wrong <laughs> Like, literally, every single one of them has been proven wrong. Yeah, they lost, like, over a million people in 1975 when oh, yeah. their, like, 
tent prophecy about the return of Christ. Oh, it's crazy. Moment. They keep, they keep, it's kind of like, I mean, we had that too in our group with, you know, 1888 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 88, you know, and none of them yeah. ever, none of them were ever true. It's the same kind of thing. Except Nobody will ever learn. No. I'm working on a book, 2025 <laughs> reasons. It gives me a few years to sell. You know, it does. It does. Proselytize. <laughs> Uh, they believe that they are the active voice of God in the world, like the Pope does. Uh, they believe that they stand, stand and speak for God and that you must believe what they tell you. And that's the Watchtower people, just their leadership there. Technically, they're 144,000, uh, which is, like I said, they're all pretty much in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, literally, which I think is hysterical. Like Brooklyn, New York is apparently the center of God's, uh, God, God in, the, in the world is in Brooklyn. Uh, um, they shun people. So if you are a Jehovah, former Jehovah's Witness, then you are now publicly shunned. You cannot be talked to by any other <laughs> Jehovah's Witness ever again. Your family has to leave you. Uh, you know the whole nine yards, which is also. I need a shirt a that goal. says XJ Dub, so I'm not bothered <laughs> on Saturday morning. Well, if you if you try to convert them to Christianity because it's it's illegal in them to be converted, they will put you on a list. It's hysterical. Uh, there, it's. I think it's called combat, combative convert, combative non-convert, or something like that. It's crazy. Um, they outlawed. You cannot salute the flag. Cannot serve the military. We talked about that. No birthdays. No blood transfusions, because the same as the blood cross is a pagan symbol. You can't use that. Can't talk to any former Jehovah's Witnesses. Can't read or watch anything that is not the Watchtower or their version of the Bible. That includes using the internet. Although you can use the internet if you go through their website. That's the only way that you can use the internet. Uh, God will Big not brother. respond to you. Yeah, I know, right? God will it's not like he, keeps popping up. he does. I mean, crazy, isn't it? God will not respond to you unless you use the name Jehovah. So this is a big one. You must use the name Jehovah when praying or God ignores you. You can't use Jesus. You can't use Yahweh. You can't use anything else but Jehovah only. Or uh, uh, in, the, in their translation... Uh, Jehovah's been added to the New Testament, even though there was no, there's no actual, the word Jehovah's not actually used, or Yahweh actually, I think is used in, not 100% about Yahweh, but never used in the New Testament. Uh, the Mosh Tower considered the word of God. We got that one. Oh, you can't play sports or attend higher education either, because you would want to be, have anything now, going, is that against, for, going against Is that, that for women only? or is No, that for... that's for men. Now, men and women cannot sit in the same room with each other alone for more than 30 seconds or something like that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. A lot can happen in more time. I mean, you might just have a baby. It might just, I mean, sperm <laughs> are like crazy, man. They just like get everywhere. Just sitting there, and they might jump out and just, you know. Uh, so that's yeah. pretty much it right there. Oh, they believe Armageddon will come, and when it does, everyone who believes what they believe... Everybody who doesn't believe what they believe is deserving of death. Oh, that's a big one. Um, if you're not a Jehovah's Witness, technically it's not just, oh, well, you know, you should believe us. They actually believe you deserve death. Like, that's actually part of their belief system. Well, you know, they are good at hatred, and they're good at making the feeling mutual sometimes. But we must love them anyway, though. We must, and that's part of Christianity. Uh, yeah, that's our yeah, and and, and that's, that's really what's radical too about Christianity is we are called to to love one another and we're called to love our enemies. I think it's crazy because this is not even close to Christianity. Like I don't know how you could, if you're a Christian, how this could really dissuade you. I mean, this is a, a straight up cult. I mean, it it's just a straight up cult. 
There's there's no well, there's not even really a shred of Christianity left in this. Like I don't I mean they they use the Bible, but there's not even close to anything what, true in that. What's interesting is really all these uh, cultish heresies of of the cults. It, it's a recurring thing that Paul dealt with, um, that the early church fathers dealt with. So the Watchtower, there was an old Arian heresy in like the third or fourth century, and uh, Arius of Alexandria, he taught that Jesus was the first creature, the second created God, inferior to Jehovah the Father, and. This is basically, he was basically kicked out of the church as a heretic. It led to the Council of Nicaea, where they sort of, you know. But here's the thing. Jesus was considered God by Polycarp and, and, and church fathers who, there, there was plenty of writing about this. It didn't, because they, they will tell you that Jesus became God by Nicaea. You know, and it's like, no, no. That's when the guy that y'all are basically emulating got kicked out as a heretic from the church. So, you know, but according to them, I guess 0.00001%. That's another thing I wanted to mention, too, is that 144,000. If you read Revelation, which is a symbolic book, it says so from the very beginning as he saw a vision and it's used symbols throughout. Every single number just about. I'm not going to say every single one because... I don't even understand most of it, but I mean, 144,000, you have 12 times 12, you have the 12 tribes of Israel, you have threes, you have tens, you have sevens throughout. It's, it's a, a symbolic book. Yeah. And your theology, and not just J-dubs do this, but really all kinds of Christians do this when they start taking visions and numbers and different things in Revelation as, as absolute literal. Yeah. You know, but... So, <clears throat> I just heard about this new Jehovah's Witness virus. <laughs> it deletes all but 144,000 select files. <laughs> what do you get when you cross a devil worshiper with a Jehovah's Witness? What's that? Someone who goes from door to door telling people to go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, I just yeah. saw I just saw Justice in Action today for the first time ever. I went out for breakfast this morning with my girlfriend. Saw Jehovah's Witness lock himself out of his own house. He kept ringing the bell, but nobody answered. <laughs> <laughs> How many Jehovah's Witnesses does it take to change a light bulb? How many? Three. One to screw in the bulb, and two to knock on your door and ask if you've seen the light. <laughs> <laughs> What do you get when you cross a Jehovah's Witness with an agnostic? <laughs> Someone who goes door to door for no apparent reason. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, okay. That was, you know, those are some yeah, Jehovah's Witness jokes there. Yeah, I remember my mom when we were in a parking lot one time when I was younger. She was, like, yelling across the street. Of course, she probably doesn't want me telling anybody this. She was, like, yelling. A Jehovah's Witness started yelling at her. And 
we, she was trying, <laughs> we were just trying to leave. And so she just got mad. She starts yelling back and they're, they're going at it. So it was, I, I'm telling you, be ready for a fight. If you, you'll either get hit in the head with a rock and have a vision. That's right. Or you'll just get yelled at. Well, hopefully you like this new episode of the Christian Sages where we discuss Jehovah's Witnessism. Um, oh, were the, we recording that? Yeah, we were recording that. Oh, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just talked for like two hours and didn't record it. Uh, so hopefully that... Uh, okay, I'm ready to start now, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was I taking notes. Hitting the head with a rock. I'm going to try Spam. that. I mean, I don't know. I think I would rather go with like the ancient, uh, like the Indians and the Native Americans, and just take drugs. That's what most people are doing these days. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a better way to do it. I think. Anyway, hopefully you liked this episode of the Christian Sages where we talked about Jehovah's Witnessism. Um, the whole point of this is to kind of go over what different cults believe, so that you can see how they differ from Christianity, and and really to try and help you see what the Bible actually says on the matter of this of of, of what they're talking about, because they're saying the Bible says one thing, but the Bible clearly says something else. So, if you have any questions on this, we'd love to answer them. You can contact us at thechristiansages.com, or you can contact us at thechristiansages at gmail.com. Hopefully, you have a great night. We love you all, and we'll see you next time. Say goodbye, Doug. Good night. Good night.